This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And good afternoon and welcome. We are live at Gleason Grawl here in the heart of New Orleans. Gleason Grawl, the 6th annual 2016. We're here at 3 o'clock this afternoon to the LSU Sports Network. T. Bob Bayberry and myself, LSU yo, at yo, yo. Auburn. 2601870 is the number to get involved. we got a lot to get to in this Big important day in the SEC right now. It's Ole Miss all over Georgia. Last was 17-0, but the Rebels uh, were seeing a threat, the biggest threat of the first uh, half by Georgia thus far, but they were out three scores early in there. Also coming up today, it's a very good one, kind of a surprise undefeated matchup, Arkansas and Texas A&M at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. That's coming oh. up. Plus you have Florida and Tennessee tonight down in Knoxville. That plus this one is a big one in the SEC. So four key matchups. We'll visit with Suzanne Halliburton, Texas A&M beat writer, to give us the latest on A&M and Arkansas. Gabe the Armin Jones, he's a pub- publisher of PowerMizzou.com because next Saturday LSU will take on Missouri in Death Valley, a 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Jeff Palermo, columnist at WWL.com and Louisiana Network Sports Director will be with us as well. Brian Matthews, senior writer at AuburnSports.com, stops by for a visit. And then we'll visit with uh, Brian Lazar, senior writer at TigerBait.com. T-Bob, whatever happens today, somebody is going to leave Jordan-Hare Stadium this evening, and there's going to be one coach that's going to be extremely, extremely, uh, I don't necessarily say in the threat of losing their job. It would certainly be if it's Gus Malzahn. I think if it's, if it's, if it's Les Miles... I think it really comes down to how LSU loses Absolutely. this game. Absolutely. But look, either if they, way. If they lose, he was. Either way, uh, the losing coach in this matchup is not going to help themselves out. I'm uh-uh. calling it Mad Miles beyond the Thunderdome. Look, man, yeah. two coaches enter, one coach leaves. That's the rules. And I also like Cody Warsham of uh, TigerAg.com might have hit the nail on the head when he named this the buyout bowl. The pressure's immense of both these coaches now. Uh, to me, when you look at Auburn compared to LSU, Auburn's kind of like that perfect uh, things could always be worse example, right? When yeah. Whenever you're feeling down, a lot of times one way to make yourself feel better, as bad as this is, is to find a situation that's worse. You're like, yeah, I'm doing better than that. Auburn is 3-12 and 12 in their last 15 against Power 5 opponents. They've lost seven home games in a row against Power 5 opponents. That's the most since 1997, 1998 when uh, they lost eight in a row. Terry Bowden ends up fired. That's when uh, the Tuberville era begins. But bottom line, things are down at Auburn, Deke. After Gus Malzahn's first year, it has just been a, well, actually a pretty quick de-escalation, pretty quick deterioration, and that's why today's game means so much. It can represent a bit of a breaking point for that Auburn fan base. Now, in the same way that it represents a breaking point, Deacon could also represent kind of a array of hope. Right. And that stands for both of these teams. If you're LSU, that ray of hope means that maybe people start to believe again, right? Maybe people uh, start to buy in that you, you have a quarterback now. The offense is doing better. Dave Aranda's defense is good enough. And you start to maybe flirt with the idea of, like, Atlanta SEC championships. And if you're Auburn, it's just like breathing a big sigh of relief, getting the monkey off your back, breaking that terrible 
home losing streak and causing the crowd to once again support you, believe in you, and really ease Gus Malzahn. Now, when you remember, Deke, the, what's kind of so shocking about the fact that Malzahn's on the hot seat, much like Miles, uh, you, so Miles goes through all the drama last year, gets the reassurance, he gets another year. Gus Malzahn signed an extension through 2020 yep. through this offseason. He's making $4.7 million a year That's only. A bad, look, they might run Jay Jacobs out of town, too, because he, he brokered that deal before. So you're talking about, you know, you're going basically you're guaranteeing a man more money if you got to fire him. That's, yep. a, that's all that was. And uh, I, I, I can't remember the exact numbers. Uh, we'll look them up. But the amount of money that Auburn is paying people not to coach anymore right now is similar to the amount of dead money that the Saints have and how absurd it is. So this looks like it could be another uh, a, 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 another poor uh, choice by the Auburn AD. And we'll look, to, uh, it, it, I'll say it like this, Steve. Considering the fact that this is what? What's else you? Two and one? Right. Auburn's one and two? Two and one, one and two. Like, Correct. okay, any other day, this is just a middle-of-the-pack SEC matchup. But because of all the... Other circumstances, the surrounding narratives, there's so much more on the line tonight in Jordan-Hare. No doubt about it. And, of course, going back to uh, T-Bob talking about Auburn's numbers, I want to say LSU was 2-9 and nine in their last 11 against no, Power 5. No, 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 no. Auburn, no, LSU's 12-9. and 12-9. So that's where I mean that things could be way worse, right? Like oh, yeah, you could be like Auburn. 12-9 and nine at LSU is – that's going to get you in trouble nowadays with where the expectations have risen to. So I was shocked because you don't think about Auburn uh, just taking that 3-12 and 12 streak, right? You, you don't think about uh, them allowing it to get that bad before people demand change, especially in a state that's as college football crazy as Alabama. So shocking numbers for the Auburn Tigers. And Gus Malzahn desperately needs this. His, his team needs this. The program as a whole desperately needs this. So they're just going to continue to fall further and further behind their crosstown rivals and the pressure is going to continue to mount no doubt about it of course coming up next we'll take a look at some uh, big action last night high school recruits uh, in action the state of louisiana we'll get you a look at the first scores of the afternoon plus we'll get our boot report we'll take a timeout along with t-bar baby on deke bellavere we're in the heart of new orleans at gleason Grove 2016 we're here at three o'clock this afternoon that's when we'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Network. We're on wall-to-wall tonight with LSU coverage all the way at least until uh, in the wee hours of the night. After the game tonight and after the locker room show, it's the point after here on Tiger Radio, WWL. And welcome back. Along with T-Bar Baybear, I'm Deke Bellavere. LSU and Auburn, a 5.05 kickoff tonight from Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn. We'll get a preview of State College football in just a few moments with Jordan Fiegel and our boot report. Mike Scarborough of TigerBait.com joins us now. Mike, uh, LSU and Auburn, and, uh, you know, like T-Bob and I'm talking about everybody else, about 8 9 o'clock tonight, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a rough rest of the weekend for either Gus Miles and or, or Les Miles. Uh, yeah, I agree. And then it's uh, it's the debate all week who has the most pressure on them. And I, I kind of agree with with a lot of people who believe that it's Les Miles that does. Um, you know, two weeks ago I thought that the the line on the Mississippi State game was high, and when I saw the line Monday morning for for this, for this game with Auburn. I thought that it was too low. I, I really think LSU, particularly if they can get up early in points, uh, I think they take care of business and, and win this one going away. You know, Mike, the one thing that concerns me, though, about LSU, and they were able to get off to a better start last week, if they don't get off to that, to that hot start, and it has to come down to late because Auburn does lead the conference in rushing. They're very good on third down defense. And this defense, let's face it, this is the hottest game they would have played this season, I think, at least kickoff. When you talk about where they kicked off in Wisconsin, 
versus about 5 o'clock at Auburn today. It's hot. I mean, it's really hot. And that defense can't <laughs> stay. They don't need to stay on the field like they did against Jacksonville State. They don't need to stay on the field much of the first quarter like they did against Wisconsin. And Auburn can pop a few run plays. The point is, is that they need a quick start, like you said. And the home team probably will turn. The home crowd will probably turn on Auburn. And hell, LSU hasn't scored a point in the fourth quarter this season yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, you know, obviously we know Auburn's defensive front seven is, is Cracker Jack. Um, I, I just think if LSU can get up a, a score or, 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 or a 10 point lead early and get up on them, and the offense continue to improve the way it has under Etling and eat up clock, uh, which in turn has made the defense play better because they're not on the field as long. Um, but if they put the ball on the ground, if they have multiple three and outs, if it's a tight game uh, on the road at Auburn, um, then it can be the tight game that most people are predicting. Um, you know, I know our Brown was our prediction LSU two-point win, and I'm, I, I said 24-10 early in the week, and I'm kind of sticking with it, but I, I can certainly see the argument both ways as to how this one might play out. Well, and I throw this to T-Bob while you're jumping there too, T-Bob. Here's the thing. T-Bob, you know more than any of us how Coach Miles is. He tolerates just about everything across the board. He doesn't tolerate fumbling. Willie Fournette fumbles the ball again twice today. Uh, I mean, if he fumbles, hey, look, there's nothing that Leonard Fournette's going to do to not be the workhorse of this team. I mean, does he maybe see a slight reduction in carries? Yeah, maybe you get guys uh, more involved. But look, I – I, I still believe last week with Fournette to be the exception, uh, not the rule. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I don't see that being a continued uh, pattern for him. That, that, to me, that was an oddity. Uh, and <laughs> believe me, that, that's in the back of his mind. And I, and I think he'll have an extra, uh, you know, 10, 20 pounds of pressure on, on that ball uh, in his forearm and, and bicep. Uh, yeah. he, he's he's going to uh, – I, I don't think he's going to have any issues today. Now, Mike, is today the day when the LSU Tigers score their inaugural first uh, point in the fourth quarter? Whew. Um, <laughs> good, good question. I, I, I think so. I don't know if it's just going to be a field goal or whatever, but, you know, that's another oddity of the season. You've you got to believe yes. that they're going to snap out of that. But, um, you know, but – it's such a difficult place to play for LSU. You know, uh, uh, Miles is, is a little over 500 at Auburn. Certainly LSU since the year 2000 uh, is not fared as well. Um, but if I, I really believe if you can get on top of Auburn early, um, you know, they can really get into that here-we-go-again mentality over there. Mike, uh, what about this LSU offensive line? Do we know the uh, what, what, what's the latest on the injury updates? And then how do you feel that they'll match up with with what's probably the strength of this Auburn team when you look at their uh, defensive front seven? Well, I know, I know uh, Weathersby is doubtful and, and probably not going to play. And, and um, Malone's supposed to be fine. So, um, you know, you talk to the offensive linemen in the middle of the week and they're – really touting how they all came together and, and the, what did they say, uh, Miles said on Monday there were seven different configurations that were out there um, against yeah. Mississippi State. And uh, the guys really believe that, uh, you know, situations like that benefit them and coming up with solutions when there's problems. Um, we'll see if that happens. But that defensive front for, for Auburn is going to give them fits. 
Mike Scarborough. Mike, what's up on the site? Let everybody know how they can get the latest, and I know you got some good recruiting footage. Yeah, a great uh, pregame notebook uh, by Brian Lazar. We've got our, on, uh, our game day discussions to go on throughout the day, our live game thread uh, during the game that I participate in. Uh, I was at Livonia at Northside last night getting a look at Patrick Queen, LSU's linebacker commitment for next year. Uh, he was a little under the weather um, dealing with a sinus infection but still uh, played both ways. Um, I, I think they really got a gym there. Um, we were also at uh, several other games last night, Scotlandville at East Ascension. Uh, we'll, we uh, have footage from Carr's game this weekend. So we're going to have that all for you uh, coming up here in the next 72 hours at TigerBait.com. All right, Mike Scarborough, LSU, a slight favorite. Give us your prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go 24-10 LSU. I, I, I think that, uh, that they actually put, put Auburn away today. All right, Mike, we'll talk tonight. Should be an interesting postgame show this evening. Looking forward to it. Talk then. Thanks. All right. There's a lot of going on in the state of Louisiana. Let's get you caught up. We call this the boot report. Here is Jordan Fiegel. Good afternoon, college football fans. Here's what's going on with teams from around the state. I'm Jordan Fiegel, and this is the Boot Report. ULM gets a week to regroup after their upset bid against Sunbelt favorite Georgia Southern ended in dramatic fashion. The Warhawks let the Eagles score 23 straight points, and their 41-yard field goal attempt to reclaim the lead was blocked. Louisiana Monroe takes the field next weekend against Auburn. One week after giving up over 60 points, Southern put up 64 on Alabama State. The Jags do-it-all wide receiver Willie Quinn racked up 320 all-purpose yards in Southern's first win of the season. This evening, they go on the road to Alabama A&M. Head coach Dawson Odoms knows the Bulldogs are a quality opponent. Every week is important, no matter who you play in, no matter what their previous uh, uh, outcome was. Every week. It's a new week, and everyone's important. And Alabama and it was important to this football team. They're going to be well coached. They got some playmakers. They're physical. Coach Spady does a great job, and he'll have them ready to play. The Grambling State Tigers return home today, hosting the Alcorn State Braves. QB Devontae Kincaid picked up right where he left off, tossing for 227 yards and a touchdown as the Tigers picked up an easy win over Jackson State last Saturday. Nickel State takes a short jaunt over to Mobile to take on the South Alabama Jaguars. The Colonels fought off a fierce rally from Incarnate Word last Saturday with a clutch interception to improve to 1-0 in Southland Conference play. In the day's first boot-on-boot matchup, Southeastern gets back in action with their home opener against Northwestern State. The Lions had some time to recover after back-to-back losses to start their season, though both were against ranked teams. Northwestern State is also looking for their first win, opening the year 0-3. The Demons are also looking for their first win against the Lions since 2011. Despite his team's winless start, Northwestern State coach Jay Thomas is seeing progress. And we just got to continue to believe, continue to work towards our goals. The goals are still out there for us. We got to just go, this is a big game for us this weekend. And got to go to Hammonds, tough place to play. The Louisiana Tech Bulldogs look to bounce back in their Conference USA opener against Middle Tennessee. Tech tried to hang with Texas Tech last weekend, but fell short 59-45. Tonight will be a matchup of strengths with the Bulldogs' 12th-ranked passing offense going against the Blue Raiders' 4th-ranked passing defense. 
While some Louisiana schools beat back comeback attempts, McNeese State was not so fortunate. The Cowboys gave up a fourth quarter touchdown and were felled by the Lumberjacks of Stephen F. Austin. McNeese plummeted seven spots in the FCS coaches poll to number 20. They head over to San Antonio for their road game against the Incarnate Word Cardinals. Today's second boot-on-boot contest sees ULL taking a short trip over to New Orleans for a night game against Tulane. The Raging Cajuns left Mobile with a win over South Alabama last week on the back of Elijah McGuire, who rushed for 223 yards and a score. McGuire sits at sixth in the country in rushing yards and was the Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Week. ULL coach Mark Hudspeth knows any game against a fellow Louisiana team brings excitement. It'll be, a, I think, a great contest. It'll be a packed house. Both schools love competing. Uh, anytime you play an in-state game, it's always, for us, a big robbery game. And so uh, it'll be a it'll be a, a great atmosphere there at Tulane Stadium, and we're looking forward to, uh, to going and competing against those guys. Tulane somewhat contained Navy's ground game last week, forcing two turnovers, but the Green Wave will face a much better passing attack from Louisiana Lafayette. Tulane's offense is still struggling against FBS defenses, however, scoring just 21 combined points in their two games against FBS foes. Your number 18 LSU Tigers head over to the Plains to take on the Auburn Tigers. LSU narrowly escaped last weekend with a win after Mississippi State reeled off 17 second-half points, but the Tigers hung on. Danny Etling was improved, going 19 of 30 for 215 yards with one touchdown. It could be a defensive showdown tonight with both offenses ranking in the bottom half of the FBS, and Etling will be making his first SEC road start. Former LSU defensive coordinator Kevin Steele is now at Auburn, and Coach Les Miles knows he can put together a quality defense. I think Kevin Steele has a, a very good good knack with defense. I think he's certainly a challenge. I think the players that play defense for them are talented. I'm Jordan Fiegel with WWLAM, FM, and WWL.com. All right, Jordan, thank you very much. Along with T-Bob Bear, I'm Deke Bellavia. Of course, uh, this is the earliest uh, we started so far. Got to go back uh, to about the uh, the Wisconsin game that we started uh, this early. And as far as that reasons that's saying, it's because there's just a few games underway in progress right now in the SEC. You have Alabama on top of Kent State late in the first half, 34-0. About the same uh -oh. at Oxford as number uh, 23 Ole Miss is all over Georgia, 31-0. And you know, T-Bob, Ole Miss, even though they had three first-round draft picks from a year ago, I think. I think they're, so they're more equipped this year to have a better shot to run the table after stumbling than they do the rest of the way. I really do think that because they're going to score points. I mean, how you, how you blow a 21-point lead, and it was early. I mean, that's, they, they're learning how to get better defensively. And they got their defensive back back today. He was automatically an instant impact with a pick six. I just think down the stretch of the season, they can still do some damage in the West and they can still hurt some people down, down the line in the West. On that well, side, they, maybe help some people. I mean, look, they probably have more reasons to be confident than any one-and-two team mm -hmm. in, like, college football history, right? When you look at uh, the, the, the games that they lost, the manner in which they lost them now, at the same time, though, that you can draw confidence from the fact that, oh, look how much we were up on Florida State, look how much we were up on Alabama. At the end of the day, you still blew two pretty large leads. You had to shoot yourself right. in the foot. In both of those games, yeah, so they self-destructed. I, yeah. I still, I, 
I look while I like Ole Miss against the majority of the SEC teams, I don't know if they're my second favorite team in the West right now. That might still belong to Texas A&M. Yeah. With Ole Miss right after that, and then LSU kind of climbing back into that picture, and that's where. Let's go back to this LSU game today, what we mentioned earlier. That's where this game is so important because it represents a, a great opportunity, even though Auburn is kind of not that good secretly. Like people oh, are I know thinking they're a little bit better than they are, I think. But this still represents a great opportunity to take another step, gain a bit more confidence. And, and look, the, the LSU schedule, Deacon, uh, this is partly by design, partly uh, just by how everything lined up this year, after that Wisconsin game, it's kind of a slow walk up in competition, right? You had a very good FCS team in Jacksonville State. Uh, then you had probably the worst team in the West in Mississippi State. Now you got the, probably the second worst team in the West, Auburn. Then you're going to play a good team in Florida. And then you get to your November where it's going to get really tough. No doubt about it on that back end. And, you know, you can throw in LSU's last game before the bye week into the November mix. It's the same thing. It's just October 22nd. They're off the last week of October. But down the stretch, it's basically the same. You got Ole Miss, Arkansas, Alabama, and A&M in yep. four of your last five games, of course. But one there being South Alabama. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, and we'll get you caught up and look around what's happening in the SEC. Along with T-Bob Bear, I'm Deke Bellavia. Counting you down to LSU and Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium this afternoon, the 5.05 kickoff here on WWL. Tremendous defense. Of course, we know the defensive coordinator there in, uh, in Steele, Kevin Steele. They're allowing 400 yards per game and, and 149 yards rushing, 251 passing. LSU coach Les Miles talking about the Auburn offense. Welcome back. Four big matchups in the Southeastern Conference today, including one that is taking place down in uh, up in Tennessee in Knoxville, Rocky Top. That's what college game day is. But can Tennessee finally do something they haven't done in a long time? That's beat the Florida Gators. Thomas Goldcamp, Florida Gators beat reporter for 24-7 Sports, joins us now. Thomas, thank you so much for the time. And, you know, during this stretch, I would, I would like to think maybe at least one time Tennessee might have been a favorite before or close to it. But for them to, to, to be this big of a favorite, at one time I saw this line at nine. I think it's about six to seven. I'm kind of surprised at that just from a standpoint – Look, I, I realize this, every year's got its own take, but if I'm flawed, I'm going like, you know, we respect you guys, but you know, come on, I, the last time you beat us, I was in middle school. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been the case for Florida this week. You know, they've, they've come out. I think you guys have all seen the trash talk. Uh, you know, definitely a very loose team heading into this game, and, uh, you know, they have every right to be after winning 11 in a row. And, uh, Thomas, first off, I would like to welcome you to the uh, Purdue Quarterback Transfer Club. Uh, both Danny Etling and uh, A.J. Appleby coming from uh, the Boilermakers. And uh, when you look at Appleby, uh, Thomas, is he capable? Do you believe him to be able to be leading uh, Florida to that SEC East crown? No, I don't think so. Um, but he doesn't really have to. Um, you know, Luke Del Rio should be back fairly quickly for Florida if everything goes well. Uh, what Florida needs out of Austin Appleby is simply to manage this game and get them through a tough road game. And, you know, if he's able to do that, I think, you know, the future is bright for Florida, given their schedule the rest of the way. 
Thomas Gold Campus here with us, 24-7 Sports, where this afternoon the Florida Gators, six in the conference and scoring offense at 33 points per game, Tennessee at 31, and two teams pretty good when you look at Florida. They have been a staple of defense. You know, and that's one thing that's, that's solid, Thomas. And, you know, you look at certain programs, and I say kind of like almost in professional football too, you always kind of assume that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a team that can run the football and stop the run. Other teams can come and always out and pass. Regardless of what has happened in this stretch, going back to Coach Spurrier to where you are now uh, with Coach McElwain, Florida's defense has been probably as consistent as any uh, team's offense, defense, or special teams in the SEC during that entire stretch. And here they are again, top in the league in scoring defense and top in the league in total defense. So to me, if you're going into a game in which you're an underdog or away from home, they've got what you want to have, and that's a stout defense. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, it's funny. I keep waiting for this Florida defense to take a step back. You figured, you know, Will Muschamp is gone. He was the defensive guru. Well, guess what? It hasn't happened. Florida is still just as good and, you know, maybe even better in some spots. I think that, you know, Florida is eight to ten guys deep on the defensive line without really any drop-off. So they rotate, they stay fresh, and they really allow their back seven to run around and make plays. Um, and like you said, that's a, that's a recipe for success when you go on the road. All right, Thomas, Florida and Tennessee. The Gators will find themselves as a dog today. Your take, who's going to win this one? You know, I think Tennessee has a bit more talented of a team at this point. I think Butch Jones has done a really good job recruiting. That said, I do not trust Butch Jones in big games. I do not trust him, you know, against good teams with good defenses who can probably keep it close. I think you look at what Jim McElwain has done at Florida. He's been able to draw up, you know, an offensive game plan against good teams to manufacture enough points to put themselves in position to win. So I like him, even with a backup quarterback, to get it done at the end of the day. Until Tennessee proves that it can top Florida, it's really hard to pick them. Thomas Goldcamp, 247sports.com. Thomas, how can people follow you on Twitter? You can find me at Thomas Goldcamp, and Goldcamp is spelled G-O-L-D-K-A-M-P. All right, Thomas, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game this evening. Of course, some Thanks for having me on, guys in the SEC coming up, and uh, let's go around the SEC with a little sound from Mr. Stephen Keller. Okay, we'll get set to go around Number the SEC. 18, LSU at Auburn. And that's our matchup tonight. Number, eight, number 18, LSU at Auburn. Kent State at number one, Alabama. The tie leading Number 12, Georgia at number 23, Ole Miss. All right, we'll scratch that and come back to it in just a moment. <laughs> Stephen Geller gave me two, two fast ones right there at the beginning <laughs> and two late ones. What I wanted to do was get the Alabama score. T-Bob, they're blowing out Kent State 34-2-0. Auburn, LSU, of course, is our matchup. And then the other one, Florida at Tennessee. And, you know, in your days there, T-Bob, I think always coming up, you know, Alabama yeah. was always a team that dominated uh, LSU from, from a standpoint, especially the Bear Bryant days. But you kind of go through conference and you look at when's the last time someone has had a streak against somebody? When is the last time it's been so hard for somebody to beat a team? At Mississippi State LSU. Yeah, Mississippi right? State LSU for so many years. And, and, you know, still with that victory they had a couple years ago, you go back and look. It just goes for, from, from a standpoint of being from, like, nine straight to, like, well, 15 out of 17 yeah. or something and, like yeah, that. No, you know, I, it's just the streak still – it's just a situation where as you kind of go, uh, well, we still beat them, you know, 12 out of the last 14 times. Yeah, I, I, I want to say that uh, – I, I want to say LSU got to maybe 15, and now it is like 17 or 18. But, but here's the deal, Deke, is that even though it's still not going to look impressive on paper, it is huge. I mean, right, it's a huge step forward. It's getting that monkey off of your back. It's, it's, it's giving you confidence. Think, th think about this, Deke. 
have you been nearly as confident in this LSU-Mississippi State game the past two years as you were pre-Dak Prescott winning in Death Valley? No, oh, no, he, he, no he, you were confident because of him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, 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 no, but I'm saying LSU fans now get much more worried about that Mississippi State game. Yeah. It came down to a field goal last year. This year, it, well, it ends up being three points again by the end of the game. Mississippi State it plays LSU more now like a team that believes. So it all starts yeah. with that first step. Tennessee needs to beat Florida, needs to get that monkey off the back. And although then it'll be like 13 out of 14 or 14 out of 15 or whatever it is, it's still the first step in what could be the uh, the bringing back of the series. Because, look, it's football, it's it's a cyclical game, right? It's, 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 it's a game where you have runs. It's a game of peaks and valleys, especially the series. And when you look at when kind of schools uh, go through these golden airs. Now, the problem for Tennessee, Deke, is that as much as they were supposed to be on the rise, I don't think that they've ridden as much as the Florida Gators have. Mm-mm. I mean, quickly under no, Jim you're right. McElwain. Yes, right. right? You well, I mean, hey, look, they went to the SEC championship yeah. last year. And, and I, right. I didn't see that coming. No. I, I thought it was going to be Georgia for sure. I, 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 and they had it wrapped up with like three games left to play. And, and this game, this year again, I picked Tennessee over Florida. So, I mean, I, while, while Tennessee's been the talk and their rise has been the talk, which kind of been ignored. And maybe it's because, in a way, Florida never really went away. But to go from where Muschamp left that program, or just an offensive shambles, unable to score a point, almost losing to ULL, to then all of a sudden you're in the SEC Championship, you look like the favorite to win the East again this year. Uh, Jim McElwain in Florida, they, they, they've done an excellent uh, an excellent job. And, and Deke, why I – it's like I want to pick Tennessee because I want to be right, but that offensive line, man. That offensive line has not looked good, and they're going to be tested by what is – I mean, you, you heard Thomas there. Uh, this is a Florida defense that is probably better than oh, the yeah. Will Muschamp days, and that was his calling card. So no doubt about it. I, as much as uh, preseason, I would have picked Tennessee with what we've seen thus far. I think Florida might, uh, Florida might be the play. I think so, too. I'd like to get us today as well. We'll come back and check in on a big one in the West today. Undefeated A&M, undefeated Arkansas, number 10 versus number 17. Counting down to LSU and Auburn here on WWL. The best thing to do for road games is to connect with your teammates, connect with your coaches, make sure that the job that you're doing, that you're communicating with your partners, uh, your teammates, and uh, make sure you're doing your job. Well, a few years ago, it was the Mississippi schools that came out of some of the surprise at who was challenged in the West as both at one time climbed within the top three in the country. That would be Mississippi State and Ole Miss this year. Today's winner between Texas A&M and Arkansas could be that surprise team. One would move to 4-0 and and doing well in the conference and be a surprise, so to speak. Uh, Suzanne Halliburton is with us now. We talk A&M sports. We talk Suzanne Halliburton. And Suzanne, the seventh high-paced coach in the country uh, this year, next year left on his current contract. And it could go into a situation where Kevin Sumlin goes into this year with some question marks to where as if he can get to 4-0 today and win some games down the stretch, probably going to set himself up for a new contract. Oh, I don't know if you should get that far ahead of yourself. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, like right that's now, why that's why I said that's why I said if if. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, what's going on in the state of Texas, maybe in Oklahoma, maybe at LSU, is the Tom Herman sweepstakes. Yes. And um, so it's kind of it's not like a death watch, but it's kind of like right. oh my god, which team is gonna you know fire their coach first? Yeah, but he he ain't so, he ain't leaving Houston for A and M. I could promise you that. Oh, yeah, they all say that UT, you know, but yeah. UT right now is not – nobody right now is in the market, I should say that, within the state of Texas. Um, what A&M has got going 
is that for the past few years under Sumlin, they always played well in September. In 2014, mm-hmm. yeah. start off with, I think, five straight wins. Same for last year. Their problems are in October and November. And so nothing they're doing right now is indicative of what may happen in October or November because this is what they've always done. So right. Well, other than beating two ranked opponents in this September compared to previous Septembers, they haven't really yeah. beat two, two quality teams that were ranked like Arkansas and, and UCLA were. Well, um, UCLA, yeah, they, I guess they were legitimately ranked. They beat Arizona State that they were ranked last year to open the season and two years ago, South Carolina, when they beat it, was actually ranked number nine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, this is because in September, we all know that the polls are for crap. And so it's, it's like sometimes you can get excited about what you did and go, we just beat a top 10 team, therefore we're a top 10 team, but actually the top 10 team should have never been a top 10 team. I think Texas right now is dealing with the fact that their great win over Notre Dame doesn't look really good right now. Um, so that's what's going on with A&M. Can they sustain? Because they've yeah. been able to win in September, but can they sustain? Yeah, and, and, and Suzanne, so, I mean, you, you let me write in my next question, which is we've seen this from A&M. Like you said, they, they get highly ranked at the beginning, somewhere along the line, they fall apart, and it's the end. What's going to be the difference if they're going to change that narrative? Is it John Chavis now at the head of that defense? You know, John Chavis could be, you know, knows what's going on and how to win in November. So, yeah, I would give them a huge check mark for having him because, as we all know, he knows his defense. Now, it didn't help that much last year in November, in October, when they got their butts handed to him by several schools and, and didn't look good. I mean, he's not going to know if his rush defense is really good until October. And that's where A&M had to shore up. I also think what may help A&M this year is the fact that Trevor Knight is the quarterback. And I'm not jumping on that Trevor Knight bandwagon because I've covered him since he was at Oklahoma. And that game where he beat Alabama is a huge outlier because he's been woefully inconsistent since then. And But the fact he is a transfer, he's a fifth-year senior, and that gives A&M a quarterback who's mature. And they've never had that under Kevin Sumlin. And I'm going back to the Johnny Manziel days, too, because however flashy and wonderful he was, maturity was not an adjective you would use for him or a noun. Suzanne, so did I everybody think know? Trevor Knight gives him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm did sorry, everybody know how they can keep, keep, up, keep up with you on social media? Um. I'm at Sue's Halliburton, and Halliburton with two L's, like the um, oil company. <laughs> hey, right quick, so about 20 seconds. Who's winning today, Arkansas or A&M? I picked Arkansas, and the reason why I did it, I saw them play two weeks ago when they beat TCU in double overtime, and it's time for um, Arkansas to beat A&M after the last two years of losing in double overtime, or in overtimes, rather. Suzanne Halliburton giving us the latest on Texas A&M and Arkansas. Suzanne, thank you so much as always. We appreciate your help. Oh, thank y'all for having me. All right, that's a big one today. A&M and Arkansas tonight in prime time. That's a prime time SEC on ESPN game at 8 p.m. in Arlington at AT AT&T Stadium. He's T-Bob Baber. I'm Deke Bellavere. We're at Gleason Grawl 2016, and we'll talk to some reps from Gleason Grawl coming back on the flip side of the hour here on WWL. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.